0: Uh, It's good to be with you today. Um, It's been a wild couple of weeks and uh, looks to be another wild week uh, as I I look uh, out to the future. Um, If you want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that's where we'll be this morning. Um, Most of you know that unexpectedly I took off uh, last week and Uh, My father-in-law had passed away on Wednesday or Thursday of a week ago, and uh, my wife was up there and she got to be there when he passed away, Um, and so obviously I've been thinking about death, uh, watching my mother-in-law grieve and uh, being with family and considering my own life as well as going to a memorial service uh this last thursday i also uh, got a call from my father uh who he calls me all the time uh he's a good father and i'm not such a good son all the time and uh many times it's for unimportant things and so i didn't think a whole lot about it and uh when i returned a phone call he told me that my grandmother had had a stroke uh she's 95 years old and uh he said that she's in the hospital and it didn't look like she was going to make it. Um, and so I've been thinking about her as well. And in fact, uh, just an hour ago, she passed away, uh, went to be with the Lord. Uh, both my father-in-law and my grandmother have no doubt about their, uh, where they are, the their presence they are in right now and uh, what the culmination of their life was all about. And so this morning, uh, I want to take this opportunity. I hope it's not too personal for you. Um, But I do want to tell you that pastors are are, are just sheep alongside the other sheep. Um, That uh, I'm thinking this through and working this through. Just as if you were uh, and would if your loved ones had passed away. Um, So I come to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I realize that uh, some of the things that are said at times uh, like this, some of them are true and some of them are not. Uh, and I want to encourage you this morning uh, to set your previous thoughts aside and to be willing to say what I think about death could be totally wrong. And I want to hear from God this morning. I want let let him be authoritative in my life. I want him to be the one who says how it is, what the truth is. And uh, this morning, as we come to God's word, I hope that that is um, what speaks to you. I know we use the phrase, he's in a better place or she's in a better place. Uh, We also say things that uh, are just sentimental. I remember uh, many of you know that I had a son that passed away. And I remember someone in the community coming up to me and saying, Well, he's an angel now. And I remember thinking, he's a what? Like, what are you talking about? You know, he's not an angel. Where where do you get that? You know, that's weird. Um, We say many things and we comfort ourselves with things that may or may not be true. And so this morning, as we go to God's word, I, I really want to hear God, what He has to say uh, in the midst of His Word, and that that would instruct us uh, for those of us who are going through it today and even prepare us. Uh, undoubtedly, you will uh, att- attend to these things in the future. So let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the grace of the gospel. God, I pray that this would be a profitable time um, for you for you, that you would profit in us. God, I realize that you need no improvement, and yet we are um, at a loss to handle, uh, handling life, and so we ask that you would work mightily in our midst this morning. God, I pray uh, that we would be open. Uh, so much of your word, uh, we think of it as just simply knowledge that make us smarter, but you don't want to make us smarter. You want to transform us. And so we ask that this would be part of the process this morning. I pray that your words would give us courage to face the days ahead, the weeks ahead, the months and years um, as you see fit. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. First Corinthians 15. Uh, I want to tell you, uh, I guess confess to you, I've preached First Corinthians 15 before here, but I figured your memory wasn't that good anyways. Uh, It was over a year and a half ago, so that's ancient history for most of you. This morning, uh, as we look at 1 Corinthians 15, it starts out, Now I, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. As Paul talks about uh, this gospel, the good news, that that he had a message that he preached to them that was good news to them. And it was the message of Jesus. And having received that, having taken that in, uh, that was the gospel that saved them. That was the one. And I want you to get this morning, if you get nothing else, that Jesus Christ, the message of Jesus, is the only message that can save you from your sins. It's the only one. You can't be good enough. You can't be smart enough. You can't have enough knowledge. You can't work hard enough. The only way you can be saved is by what Jesus did on the cross. And that was the message that Paul had preached to them. I want you to see something in this first couple of verses that I think is important for us this morning and we'll come back to at the end. He says, You received it in which you stand and by which you are being saved. And then he says, If you hold fast to the word. Do you get that picture? Holding fast. It's the idea of gripping something. And and not just gripping it, but having the death grip on it of saying, I will not let go no matter what. It's interesting uh, when there's no danger in our lives, when we're just kind of cruising along, uh, when things are going well, we have different things and thoughts in our lives and we just casually look around. But when things start heating up, we get more things in our schedule, we start... uh, gripping onto the things that matter most. I know many of you have have struggled with the idea of a fire coming over the hill and wondering, what is it that I would cling to? What is it that I would take if I only could take one load? What is it that would matter to me most? And as we look at these first verses, Paul brings the priority and he says, look, uh, remember that message, the good news message that I brought to you? The message, the only message that could save you, the the only message that is really that you can stand in, that's the one, cling to it. And this morning, I don't know where your life is at and what's going on, but I wonder, are we holding fast to the good news of the gospel? Are we clinging to it? Though everything else in life we may hold with an open hand to come and go Are we holding fast to the good news of the gospel? This morning, uh, I hope that that is where we end up if we're not starting there. That this is the treasure that you don't want to be without, the good news of Jesus. It's the only message that will save you. As Paul goes on and he writes, he starts out with, Hold fast to the gospel that alone saves. In verse 3, you see the clarity of the gospel. Um, Very simply put, in verse 3, it says this. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He goes on to talk about different people and groups and a lot of people that saw the risen Savior. But that's the gospel. Jesus died and rose again. That's what it is. That's good news. And that Jesus died. He didn't just die because the Romans got mad at him. He didn't just die because the Jews had it out for him. He died a substitutionary death for you, for you. I purposely say it that way so you'll feel the heat right now. He died for you, for our sinful soul, for our guilt that we had done things and and we were guilty. And Jesus died in our place, my place too. That Jesus died that substitutionary death that we could be saved, we could be saved. But he didn't just die, he rose again, he rose again. This was all not uh, an accident, both his death and his resurrection, but it was all according to the scriptures. That this was the plan of God being worked out in the midst of a sinful world. Jesus died and he rose again. That's the simple message of the gospel. This is what we're to hold fast to. I realized this morning I can't do justice to 1 Corinthians 15. It would probably be a couple of months of slowly plodding through this to actually do it justice and even then to plumb the depths would be impossible but but he goes on paul goes on to talk about the resurrection and he brings up an interesting and important point for us to realize and it's in verse 17 it says this actually let's start at verse 16 for if the dead are not raised not even christ has been raised And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. He brings up an interesting point that's hard for us to imagine, and yet I think that we can get there. He said... Jesus did rise from the dead that did happen that is the gospel message but if he didn't then nobody rises from the dead then then this life is all there is in fact he says if if this if hoping in Christ is only for this life we are most to be pitied most to be pitied um uh, Some of us try to sell the gospel, try to convince people to come to faith. Hey, your life's a mess. Your life's a mess. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. You're depressed. You're depressed. You need Jesus. And and if you accept Jesus, he'll help you with your depression. You say, well, uh, you know, uh, my marriage is a mess. He Come to Jesus. He'll help you with your marriage. Hey, i got these bratty kids and I'm having a tough time raising them. Come to Jesus and He'll help you raise your bratty kids. And they are brats. I've met some of them. No, uh, uh, He'll help you. You have health problems and you say, I'm scared to face the future. Come to Jesus. He will walk with you. He'll help you with today. And in our sales of the gospel... In our, our, our seeking to win and be winsome to people, we've focused on the minor part and not the major part. Because Paul says under the inspiration of God, God says through Paul, if this life is all there is, if Jesus did not rise from the dead... And we hope only in this life, only with the financial problems, the health problems, the family problems, the work problems, only with these kind of problems, we're most to be pitied. The the picture there, jokes on us, right? If this is all there is, jokes on us. And many people feel that way today, don't they? Oh, that's a cute little thing they do. They go to church and they sing songs. Isn't that cute how they do that? It helps them. Just leave them alone. They're, they're fine. You know, just, just let them alone. But I, you know, that's funny that they do that. Joke's on them. Well, the reality is joke's on those people, right? Because it's not just for this life. In fact, that's the minor portion of it. As we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we will see, we will see that to trust in Jesus Christ is not something that is just so we get a better job, have a better marriage, have better kids, and so on and so forth. It's that he will take care of our eternity. And so we look and we realize if he didn't rise from the dead, this life is futile, worthless we are still in our sins, and the joke is on us. We have one important truth before we really start talking about. I want to bring up this morning, and it's in verse twenty-two. As you look at, and it's it's a theological point, but I, I want to I want to encourage you about theolo- theology. Um, theology is meant to transform our life. Okay. Some of us uh, l- love to fill our heads with knowledge and uh, know the Bible well. But really, the, the Bible isn't meant for us just to know well. It's meant to take us over, take us over. That God moves in when he moves into our life and he teaches something, us uh, something about himself. It's not meant for us to do real good on Bible quizzing and stuff like that or even belittle people around us but it's meant to transform us. And as we look at 1 Corinthians 15, um, we look at verse 22. I, w- I want you to see this. It's very important for, us, for our understanding of, of life down here. He says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Well, what's Adam doing in there? How did he get in there? Well, if you read the New Testament and even the Old Testament, he gets blamed for everything, everything. And you get this picture that as you read and you start in the book of Genesis and you realize that through Adam, sin came into the world. And you have this sense of perfection that that God loved and everything was great. And then Adam sinned and then nothing was great. And what that means is, as we are connected with him, all of us have sinned. All of us have death abiding in us. Um, This morning, I want to tell you, um, my grandmother was an amazing lady. Amazing lady, I I think of her as uh, one of the runners in the Olympics right now. Not one of the sprinters because they're just boom and done. But she, 95 years, she ran a long race. And what I found amazing about my grandmother is that it seemed like she sped up towards the end. Uh, I was with her a couple of months ago, and this was after she had her first minor stroke and. Uh, she was clear in her mind, and I asked her, Grandma, what, do you, what can I pray for you for? And she said, she looked at me, and she says, Kevin, I, I, I want to be productive. I want to do the will of God all the days of my life. And I go, I want to do that too. I, I, I want to finish strong. I don't want to peter out and tire out and quit. My grandmother was an amazing lady. My grandmother was a sinner. She was a sinner. She needed a savior. My grandmother, my 95-year-old grandmother that was so sweet, was connected to Adam. As we all are, every one of us here, We seem to uh, say, well, when you get to be a grandma or a grandpa, you know that doesn't apply to you and young children as well. You know they're okay. It's those people us in the middle that are the sinners. No, it's everyone. I was with my nephew um, this last week, and there were a lot of kids around. I don't know how many. It seemed like a thousand, but I know there weren't that many. But he came in, and he was kind of puddling up, and he came in and says, "Uncle Kevin." Matthew hit me. I have boys, so I knew how to handle this. I said, "Uh, uh, did did you do anything that would make Matthew want to hit you? No. He sat there and he was just emphatic. No, no, I didn't spit at him. Well, uh, I think you'll be okay. Just don't spit on anybody any, anymore, okay? We're all sinners. We're all sinners. We're all uh, terminally connected to Adam. That, that, that we can't get away from that. I know that some of us in our self-righteousness, we say, Well, yeah, I'm a sinner, but I'm not as bad of a sinner. I'm not really that bad. You know, I, I'm not that connected to Adam. Yes, you are. That's what the scripture tells us. That's maybe one of those thoughts that you need to remove. You are that bad. And so in our connection to Adam, what does it say in verse 22? It says this, for as in Adam, all die. All die. Death abides in us because of our relationship to Adam, of being human. We, uh, death abides in us. Super important theological point for us to remember. And he says this in verse 22. So also in Christ shall all be made alive. I want to point something out here. It's very dangerous. Um, There's two alls in there. Uh, They're different alls. Okay. Okay. The first all is all, okay? The second all is all in Christ, all in Christ. One, one of the things that we comfort ourselves with, and I, I know this is hard for us to grasp. I know it's hard for us to, to practice because of life and what's going on. But when someone dies, are they in a better place? There's a contingency there, isn't there? There's something that matters. And what matters is one thing. Jesus. Are we in Christ? Because if we are not in Christ, we can't say that. I I, I don't mean to be unkind and to sound judgmental. And this is not what I wrote. I, I want to be clear on that. You, you saw it in your Bible too, right? Adam, I'll, all in death, they die in Adam. But in Christ, they're brought to life as the resurrection. If we are in Christ, there's a, a life even in our death. And so we, we consider this in the midst of understanding where we stand with him. So also in Christ shall all be made alive. This picture is brought out in other places in the scripture, Ephesians, Romans, that there's a death that comes from our sin and there's a life that comes from Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can live again is through him. Well, um, he did rise from the dead. In Adam, we're all dead, but in Christ, we can all be made alive. And then we look at verse fifty. And this picture was playing out to me over and over again, and I assume that it will continue in my week this week. We we struggle with um, when we see a picture of death, we struggle with it. I know many of you have been there when people have passed away and, and we realize the sense of loss there and and as you see a, a person who has life in them, even though it be a, a flickering light, then when they're gone, we realize they are gone. and We realize that opportunity is done and life is over. And so it's hard for us to imagine why. Why do people have to die? Why is it that life has to come to an end? I stood with my, uh, my mother-in-law in front of a, a group of pictures of probably 30 pictures of my, my father-in-law's life. And they're beautiful pictures of places he had been, of times he was having a good time with family members, his big, beautiful smile. And you could see the life that he had lived and that it was good. And as we look at that, I, I stood with my, my, my mother-in-law and I said, we, we, we struggle that this is not the goal that we could hang on for a little bit longer, that we could do one more trip, that we could be with one more person one more time. The goal is not that we would stay down here, but that it would be that we would experience the victory that he has won for us in the gospel. In verse 50 it says this, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. when you read that when you hear that i'm reminded of our brother jimmy who preached a couple of weeks ago our intern and he talked about that passage in second corinthians where it talks about this body as a tent and what happens at the point of death for the one who is in christ is they abandon the tent they evacuate they're gone and they take the tent and they set it aside and they put on the home. The other, They're gone from the place that is temporary and they step into that which is eternal. The imperishable is meant to be left... Uh, the perishable is meant to be left behind. The imperishable is that which we long for. I want you to... Um, to know this one thing, and this is very hard for us to to get. Verse 57 says this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, you never win the victory. You've never won. Okay, You, you didn't do it. I've been a pastor for a while now. I've been to many funerals or memorials. And and not one of them have I been to where the person who we're talking about their life was worthy of heaven. Not one. Not one. Verse 57 tells us, thanks is deserving of God. Because of the gift of salvation that he gives, the victory that he grants us, not that we would earn. He gives us the victory, and he gives it through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, You see those verses, um, verse, in a 54 and 55 death is swallowed up in victory O oh, death where's your victory O oh, death where's your sting those are hard those are hard because if you've ever been there um you realize the sense of loss when a loved one dies your heart's broken i watched my wife and my mother-in-law and the family as we gathered around there were many tears many tears there's a sense of loss. And you say, well, that sounds like sting to me, like it does sting. The picture there is this, that the, not that death and, and sin, that there is no hurt to it. But because of what Jesus Christ did, it overwhelms any temporary sting or loss. There's victory, but only in Jesus Christ. So, one last thing, one last thing. The last verse in 1 Corinthians 15. I want you to look down at it. So, most of you are not dealing with the loss right now. Uh, Most of you will not pass away in the next week. You may. I may. Um, But this is for... So, how do we live? How, How is it that this should impact us knowing that jesus christ the message of jesus christ that he died and rose again and that we are in need because of our connection to adam we are in need for christ to be that substitute for us so that we can have the victory in the culmination of our life and death How, how is that supposed to help me today there's a sweet lady um, I spent much of the week with this week. I stayed at her house. She's 84 years old, and I've heard her tell this story before. Um, she's an older lady, and I don't know if she has all kinds of knickknacks all over her house. I mean, dolls and figurines and cups and pot holders and knitting and crochet and crap uh, everywhere. Such a sweet lady. And she has people, we're not her family, but she has us in her home. She opens it up to not just uh, my wife's family, but really anybody in the church. She has people there all the time. Uh, She has the college group over to watch uh, the Oregon Ducks play the Oregon Beavers, you know, Civil War, you know. And she bought a big TV, so they'd come over to her house with all their knickknacks. She told me... um, that she was 69 years old when her husband Lyle died. She's 84 now. And she said, when my Lyle died, I wanted to crawl under my bed, curl up in a ball and suck my thumb for the rest of my life. I just felt like, she said, but then it dawned on me. I thought, God, you you don't want me to do that, do you? You want me to not quit, but to carry on you look at the last verse of first Corinthians verse chapter 15 it says this and this is in context right we've just talked about uh, the gospel we've talked about the resurrection and and our connection to Adam and our connection to Christ and as Christ rose we rose get the victory because we're in our sins and it's been conquered through Jesus Christ and then it says this therefore my beloved brothers lay down and play dead until he returns it says this my beloved brothers be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the lord knowing that in the lord your labor is not in vain you see um if If pain's going to come to our life and death's going to happen and all these things, who cares? You know, who cares? It just seems not worth it. Let's just lay down and die. But because Jesus has died for us, because he rose again and conquered, given us the victory, we need to continue to work hard as he gives us life down here. He uses the word toil or labor. It's the idea of straining forward, just straining and hurting and painful. You know what? That's what life is. Uh, If you're waiting for life to get easy and you're going to take a nap until it gets easy, you're going to sleep a very long time because life is not easy. It's filled with groaning, pain, suffering. But there is a goal, a finish line. I want to encourage you, uh, to as long as the Lord gives you life, to serve him. Knowing that if you're in Christ, uh, it's, it's all worth it. It's not in vain. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would help us to live in light of this message this morning. Help us to hold fast to the goodness of the gospel and that that would impact our everyday God, uh, guard our hearts from the trivial things of life. God, so often we love to argue about theological points that we don't even understand. We love to argue about politics and the way the world should be. And in reality, our own life isn't what it should be. God, we, uh, we love to do physical things and check off lists, but we, we run from relationship both with you and others. God, I ask that we live out our days in light of the gospel. God, thank you for this morning. I pray that it would encourage us all to walk faithfully with you this week. God, thank you for your gift of salvation. It in Jesus' name. Amen. The men would come forward as we're going to spend a time sharing in communion.